I'm sure all of you know this about Anne and me, but one of our favorite things to do is to go out to eat. We love it. We love it because it, it gives us an opportunity to get out of the routine of life and, and go someplace and, and have a nice little date where we can just sit and talk and it's fun. And it's really good food, right? If you're ever, I don't know why you would, would be, but if you're ever looking to get us a gift, uh, Olive Garden gift card, you can't go wrong. We love that place. But we like going out to eat sometimes for another reason, and that's because it's just easier. You know what I mean. You get home from a long day's work, the last thing you want to do is get dinner prepared, then cook it, then prepare the dinner table, then eat and then clean the dishes. You don't want to do that. It's just easier to go out to eat, right? There, at the restaurant, what happens? I sit there, someone comes and takes my drink order. Someone fills my drink order. I get to look at a menu that is... Uh, that has so many different choices, way more choices than I'd have at home. I get to order it. Someone takes my order. They go to the back where someone else cooks my meal while I sit with Anne and talk with her. Meanwhile, someone refills my drink as I sit there. Someone brings me my food. I eat my food. But then someone comes and takes the dishes and brings them to the back while someone else cleans the dishes. And all I have to do is sit there and consume my food and pay some money. It's easier, isn't it? That's the American culture today. We are consumeristic. <coughs> you look at fast food restaurants, they make it easy as possible for people to get their food. They have drive throughs now. We are a consumeristic nation. And so businesses and restaurants have catered to that, to the consumer. Have it their way, when they want it, how they want it, and... Uh, Whatever they want, they can have. Years ago when Burger King changed their slogan to have it your way, they were onto something, right? It's changed the American culture. We are a consumeristic nation. In the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And in John chapter 4, we see Jesus and his disciples traveling through a region known as Samaria. Samaria was where the Samaritans live. They were half Jews. They were half Jews and half foreigners because they were Jews who married outside of the Jewish nation. And so there was a lot of racism between uh, the Jews and Samaritans. Uh, the Jews called them half-bloods and all these other things, half-breeds, uh, but one day, Jesus and his disciples were traveling through Samaria. And they stop at a village just outside, or at a well just outside a village. His disciples go in to get food, and Jesus sits at the well. As a woman, a Samaritan woman, approaches the well to draw water, Jesus strikes up a conversation with her, and he ends up leading her to faith in him as the promised Messiah. Just as his disciples are returning with food, the woman goes back into the village to tell people, hey, look, we have found the Messiah. He's out at this well. Come and talk with him. She leaves, and here's a conversation that takes place with Jesus' disciples. The disciples said to each other, or, uh, but he said to them, I'm sorry, 
Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, which means teacher, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Essentially, what's Jesus saying? He's saying, look, while all of you are worried about fill me, fill me, fill me, consume, 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 what actually fills me? Serving, ministering to people, pouring into people's lives and leading them to faith in me as the Savior. What were the disciples concerned about? Let's eat, right? Let's eat and fill our bodies. Meanwhile, Jesus looked out and what's he seen? He's seen the village come out to the well because the woman is leading them to Jesus. Jesus is more rejuvenated, more invigorated, more refreshed, more filled when he is serving others and ministering to them than when he is consuming. And that goes completely against our human nature, doesn't it? Why? Because at the very core of each and every one of us is sin. We are sinners. And what does sin do? It takes our perfect attention, our perfect uh, attitude of serving God and serving others, and turns it inward. By default, we are consumers. By default, our natural thoughts are me first, others second. All our attention has been turned on to ourselves. Have it your way is more natural than contributing, than serving. And I see this all over. And maybe you've heard it too. I'm in, out in the neighborhoods talking to people and telling them about Jesus, telling them about church. And what's the first thing they say to me? What's your church have to offer me? What programs do, does your church have for my family? We're church shopping right now because we're looking for a church that fills my family's needs. We're a consumeristic nation, and that consumeristic mindset has bled into church. And so, you're looking at your worship folder, and in your worship folder you have that graph, 1 through 10. At least you should. On a scale of 1 to 10... And if you don't, you can think of it in your mind. In your scale of 1 to 10, where are you on the scale? Are you a consumer, which would be a 1, or are you a contributor? That would be a 10. Where are you? Now, don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand. I am not suggesting that because you're a Christian that you no longer have any need for church. I'm not suggesting that because you believe in Jesus that uh, you don't need to be in your Bible daily. I'm not suggesting that you don't need to be convicted by God's Word to show how you have failed to live up to His expectations, but at the same time, your Savior Jesus has washed your sins away. You need that daily. Just like our body needs nourishment, just like our body needs food, our soul needs food. Our faith needs God's Word. And when we're not in it daily, when we're not getting nourished by it daily, our faith is starving. We need that. However, 
as I said, our culture has gone too far on the consumeristic side of the scale. Remember, God and we. We are on a mission to tell people about Jesus, to bring them God's Word, to bring them the peace that Jesus offers. And how do we do it? We're going to look at two ways. The first is this. Here's your, here's your first blank. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. And as I said, that's a mindset that has kind of been lost in American Christianity. A lot of times we think the church, the four walls, exist to meet my needs. We go to church and we get filled and that's it. So how do we write that? How do we turn that around? Well, here's your next blank. God calls you to serve in His church. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Christians living in Rome around 50 A.D. And he wrote them, and here's what he said to them. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Notice Paul says, hey, Christians living in Rome, you all have different gifts. And that's true for us too, right? We sitting here have different gifts and abilities. What your gifts and abilities are, aren't my gifts and abilities. You have gifts and abilities that I don't have, and I have gifts that you don't. That's just how God has given it to us. Because notice, where do they come from? It's according to the grace given to us. It's by God's grace that we have these things. It's not that we earn them. It's not that we work so hard to develop these gifts. God has graced us. He has given by His grace these gifts. For what purpose? Remember Peter told us earlier? To serve others. Not ourselves, but to serve others with them. That more and more people might hear about Jesus. So what gifts do you have? By God's grace, what abilities has He given you? Maybe you're good with technology. And you can help us at church, and you can use those gifts at church to help us set up uh, video recordings of the sermons. Not just so audio, but people can go online and actually watch the sermon and not just listen. Maybe you have the gift of talking to people. And you could get here ten minutes earlier than you do so that you can greet others as they come, so that we're a more welcoming church. Maybe you have the gift of uh, dealing with children and ministering to children. You can be part of our children's ministry where you can help children's faith grow deeper in their Savior. Maybe you have the gift of serving. 
you can serve helping clean the church uh, so that the pastor doesn't have to or Ann doesn't have to, but the church gets clean. You can serve by bringing uh, refreshments. There are plenty of ways to serve. Maybe you're sitting there and thinking, I don't have any of those gifts. What do I do? Well, there's a man in our congregation, there's a man who's a member of peace, who told me that he prays every day for me and for all pastors that we preach God's Word faithfully and fearlessly. We all have that gift to pray, right? So what are your gifts? Are you using those gifts in the church? Some of us, we are. Some of us, we are big contributors. We are making use of the gift that God has given us and we're serving here at church. Some of us are more consumers. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe I haven't provided you with the opportunity to serve and use your gifts. And I know, I get it. Schedules are busy. There's only limited time. You throw kids in the mix and it's even busier. I understand that. But imagine this. Think of this. God has given you your gifts personally to you so that someone might be touched with the message of the gospel. God has given you your gifts that someone might hear the message that you love so dearly. The message that Jesus died on the cross to pay for all of your sins. The message that He rose from the dead so that you too will rise one day. The message of peace, love, joy, and hope that one day you'll leave this brokenness of this world and you will stand by the side of your Savior where there is no weeping, no mourning, only joy and peace and happiness. That's the message that is so near and dear to your heart. And God has given you gifts to communicate that message to others. Others who don't have it. There are people who are waking up every day scared to die. Scared because they don't know what happens after. Scared because they're not sure heaven's real. Scared because they don't know if God really exists. And if He does exist, is He a loving God or is He a mean God? People are scared every day. And God has given you gifts to touch other people with. And the thing about it is sometimes we will never know here on earth if we've actually touched someone with our gift. But one day when we get to heaven, we'll know. As that person walks up and says, Thank you. Thank you for using your gift and leading me to the Savior. What a privilege, what an honor it is to serve using our gifts that God has given us. But not only do we serve in the church, God calls us to serve as His church. That's another big misunderstanding in American culture, isn't it? We tend to think that church is the four walls in which we worship on Sunday morning. Church is a place we go uh, to, to church on Sunday or family Bible night on, on once a month on, family, uh, on Friday nights. But actually, we are the church. The Christian church are believers of all time, believers scattered across the world. We are the church. And God calls us to serve as the church. 
In Jesus' most famous sermon, called the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, He says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Have you seen the moon recently? Man, has it been bright. When I go to bed at night, I turn off the light and our whole room is illuminated because even though we have blinds, the moon is shining so brightly that it's, it's lighting up our room. It's crazy how bright it is. But did you know that the moon actually doesn't have light on its own? It simply reflects the sun's light. In the same way, that's what we do, right? We go out into the darkness of the world and we reflect the sun, S-O-N's light, to the darkness of this world. The way we go out and we live our lives at the workplace and we conduct ourselves is shining our light. The way we, we parent in public, the way we live as singles, as married couples, as grandparents, as retired people, the way we conduct ourselves and handle ourselves is shining light to others and leading others to Jesus. My aunt and my uncle just recently moved to California. My uncle took a job there about three months ago. And a couple months into the job, uh, a man came up to him and said, Hey, John, can I ask you a question? Sure. He said, Are you a Christian? And my uncle said, Yes. Well, why do you ask? Well, I've just, uh, I've just been noticing uh, the, the way you act at work, the guy said. I've seen how you handle people. I've seen your work ethic. I've seen the way you talk to others. And I just, I had a feeling you were a Christian. If you don't think the way we act and conduct our lives can lead others to Jesus, think again. God can use our actions, our words, and the way we conduct ourselves to bring others to Jesus. We're the light shining in the darkness. I heard a quote yesterday, and it said this, Always remember, someone's effort is a reflection of their interest in you. Always remember, someone's effort is a reflection of their interest in you. We have a big interest in Jesus, don't we? Jesus is the one who saved us. Jesus is the one who opened heaven's gates. Jesus is the one who paid for our sins. We have a big interest in Jesus. And we go out and we show others our love for our Savior, the love that has filled our hearts. We are the light of the world. We are the church. And we go out and we shine our light. You talk about adding meaning to your life, right? That adds meaning to the dead-end job, doesn't it? You get to shine your light to the people who know you're in a dead-end job. Talk about adding uh, a purpose to your life as a retired person. You're retired and you're just sitting around, but you get to see your grandkids a lot. You get to shine your light into their lives. Talk about adding purpose to 
the stay-at-home mom, the, the homemakers. You get to shine your light, Jesus' light into your kids' hearts every single day. We get to serve as the church. We get to shine Jesus' light into other people's lives. God and we. We're on a mission. We're on a mission to find people who don't know Jesus, who don't believe in Jesus. And He sends us out with gifts. With gifts that each and every one of us has personally to use in the church. That we, as a church, as an organization, might run like a well-oiled machine. Could you imagine if we all used our, all of our gifts to serve here at church? Think about how smooth of an organization it would be. But God also calls us to go out and serve as the church, to let our light shine, to let the light that has scattered the darkness of our heart shine into the hearts of others. It's that light in our hearts that make us children of the light. God and we. He sends us out to serve in His church and to serve as His church. And what a privilege it is. Amen. Please stand. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for the blessings of the gifts that You have given us. Help us to serve You and Your church. Bless our families. Look over us as we do just that. Amen.